Welcome to the Ashram Podcast, made possible by the American Society for Healthcare Risk Management to support efforts to advance safe and trusted healthcare through enterprise risk management. You can visit ashram.org, that's A-S-H-R-M dot org slash membership to learn more and to become an Ashram member. I'm Bill Klaproth. So are you thinking about hiring a consultant? Do you have a special need for a consultant? Do you have questions on how they work, maybe how they got their start, and exactly what they can do for your organization and how they can help keep your organization safe? Well, we've got the podcast for you as we're going to talk with Cindy Siders, CEO and Executive Consultant at Siders Healthcare Consulting, Sharon Groves, Patient Safety and Risk Consultant at the Groves Risk Group, and Carolyn Bell. Carolyn is the principal and founder of IERM. Cindy, Carolyn, and Sharon, thank you so much for your time. It is great to talk with you. So let's learn more about each of you and how you got into consulting. So, Carolyn, let me start with you. How did you launch your career as a risk management consultant? Well, Bill, I was a nurse for about 10 years and decided to go to law school. And I wanted to enhance my career by combining both my nursing and legal background. So I was hired as a risk manager at a healthcare system in about 2002, and I worked as a risk manager in the healthcare delivery setting for several years, and then approximately five years of that experience in that type of setting, I was prepared to transition into a consulting role with a malpractice carrier, and later I transitioned into independent consulting. Okay, good story. I wonder if uh, many kind of follow that same path, although probably not. Probably everybody reaches a point where they become a consultant in different ways. So, Cindy, let me ask you the same question. How did you launch your career as a risk management consultant? Thanks, Bill. I also am a nurse by background, and I had an opportunity to move to the quality department. I was there for a short period of time, and the risk management position opened up, and it sounded interesting to me. So I moved in as the director of risk management for this health system. I hadn't had an opportunity to have formal training in risk management, and MMI companies and the University of Health Sciences, Chicago Medical School, offered a one-year risk management training program. I enrolled in the program, met the folks at MMI companies, and at the end of the program, they offered me a position as a national consultant with them. So I've worked nationally with different insurance companies, nurse management companies, and about seven years ago, I started my own consulting company. Okay, Cindy. Well, thank you very much. That's interesting. I love hearing these stories. And Sharon, let me ask you, how did you launch your career as a risk management consultant? Thank you, Bill. So I have a similar background to Carolyn in that I'm a nurse, and I took a leap from being an intensive care unit nurse into risk management. And after many years, I left there and went to a large insurance company and and actually for almost 20 years did that. And I decided, well, you know, I'm going to just take a break and do nothing for a while. I didn't really put a shingle out and say, hey, I'm a consultant, but it was like word of mouth. Somebody needed someone to do a webinar and they said, well, Sharon, you know, it's not working anywhere. Why don't you ask her? And then that led to, oh, we need some help with some policies and procedures. And then I wrote a couple of articles. And so for me, my launch into being a consultant was really word of mouth after I decided to quit working at an insurance company 
And that's how my path took off. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, You didn't find it. It kind of found you. Right. And that (laughs) happens a lot of times. Yeah, I bet. I bet. All right. So let me ask you this then. So what does a consultant do then? We probably have an idea in our minds of what a consultant does, but in reality, that might be different. So Carolyn, let me start with you. What does a consultant do? Well, Bill, I'd like to answer the question from a broad perspective and then a little bit from the operational perspective so that the folks can really understand what it is that a consultant can do for them. So very broadly, a consultant is an expert at the application of the risk management process. He or she is a systems and process expert, and they're a master at the art of leveraging expertise to facilitate the achievement of an organization's objectives. So generally, the risk consultant facilitates improvement through risk assessments, education, coaching, and other mechanisms. For general purposes, though, the consultant does assist the organizations to achieve their strategic, operational, and other goals. This can be enterprise risk management. It can be focused clinical assessments. It can be risk management department evaluation and restructure. It can be a number of things. But when we talk about the operational perspective, once an organization engages a consultant, That consultant then collaborates with the relevant experts and the key stakeholders within an organization where they will provide the services to frame those objectives and maybe the focus for the consulting services. Okay, so you're there to mainly help them achieve their goals, collaborate with them to achieve their goals and bring the expertise that you have in helping them do that. Is that basically right, what I heard from you? Correct. Got it. And I know everybody's got a little bit of different perspective on this. So, Cindy, how about you in your role as a consultant? Tell us what it is that you do. Consultants can work in different roles. So, as we've mentioned, you can work for an insurance company and be a consultant and help the underwriters to determine if the client is a favorable risk in the practices that they have in place. So, supporting the client put those best practices into place, and that might be education, materials, on-site consultation. You can work as an independent consultant, as Carolyn talked about several ways you can do that, or you can work for an insurance agency, and that way you're supporting a client with a variety of needs that they might have. So rather than doing an assessment, for example, for an insurance company, you might come in and they have a new risk manager or they have a new director of nursing, and it's so much to to do their role and to understand risk management and the interface with quality. And so you're helping them to create a roadmap in their organization on what are the risks, what are the next steps, how can I manage those risks? So that's a little bit different perspective on consulting. Yeah, that makes sense. So basically, you're bringing your particular skills and expertise in a certain area into the organization where someone on that staff might not possess, right? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. Okay, Sharon, how about you? Any thoughts you want to add to that on what consultants do? When you take it down then to the next level, okay, so those were really good overviews. And I just want to bring out that When you are there with a customer, having listening skills so that they know that you're listening and giving them feedback 
but understanding what it is that they really need. So listening to them and having your risk management hat on to listen for key areas that they might need help with and giving them that feedback. So listening skills throughout all of this is very important. So you could also be someone to help them identify needs within the organization that they might not have time to uncover or develop themselves. Right. Yeah, so it's varied the roles that a consultant can do depending on the application for the individual organization then. Is that right, Sharon? Correct. Okay, got it. So when I'm hearing you talk, I'm thinking of someone outside the organization coming into the organization. But then how might someone become a consultant within their own organization? How does that work, Sharon? Well, I think people, if they sit down and really think about their job that they do on a daily basis, they're already being a consultant within their facility. Let's say the OB department has had an issue. They call the risk manager and say, I need some help. And that risk manager comes and listens to the problem and what issues they're having and gives them some ideas. Now, they might not be an expert in OB, and you don't have to be. You don't even have to be a nurse to be a risk manager. But you can be a consultant and help other departments work through what issues they're having. And plus, there are other resources for you as a risk manager to help you be a consultant for them. So as you're all talking, I'm thinking to myself here, how risk management has changed throughout the years. So I'm curious, Cindy, let me ask you this. What are some of the recent trends then in consulting services when we think about risk management? Great question. Well, over the past two years, every healthcare organization from outpatient services to inpatient services have been managing the pandemic in their organization. And so infection prevention protocols and practices, having accessibility to personal protective equipment, practice protocols, care protocols for patients, for residents if you're in long-term care. So certainly there's been a change in focus there. Also, we've been hearing about staffing needs. There's staffing shortages across the country. So recruitment and retention of staff. Also, leadership turnover in organizations. So having that continuity of risk, quality, clinical care and services in the organization is certainly an evolving, ever-present trend. And then we know during the pandemic, people needed different options to have healthcare. So there was very much an expansion of telehealth and telemonitoring and how we could access care. And then we heard about how there were some access issues, availability, affordability, health equity concerns that people are addressing. And of course, you've probably noted in the media that there's stress, there's fatigue, there's burnout in the healthcare field. So while that's a small list of things that are dealing people are dealing with, including financial risks with all of the items I've mentioned, I think that that's been top of mind for most healthcare organizations. It sounds like the pandemic has brought a full suite of additional consulting services. Would that be fair to say? Certainly there's been a need to how to manage these different areas that are coming up and resources. So yes, I agree. This is Carolyn, and I'd like to add what Cindy has already stated, and she's spot on with those particular issues. But when I think about recent trends within a risk management department specifically, 
that the trend is to convert to a more proactive than a reactive risk management program. So I'm getting a lot of requests for assistance in converting those programs and guiding risk management programs to become more proactive and also to make them more standardized. Yeah, it's an excellent point to add in. And Carolyn, let me ask you, this then, since you were talking about clients reaching out to you to ask for assistance, and I know they do that with real-time issues, can you share some examples of issues you've recently assisted your clients with? Sure. And first of all, it's important to state that the consultant really should serve as a coach to assist their clients to reach the proper conclusion on their own, unless it is that the client specifically requests research on a particular topic. So the consultant can serve as a coach by asking some probing questions like, why do you think that is? When have you done something like this before? Do you feel that is right? What policies already exist to address the problem? Those are just some examples. So the consultant can coach the client to determine what policies, procedures, or maybe committees that might already be in place at their organization to manage the issue For example, early in the COVID pandemic, I received several questions on how to manage patients or families that request ivermectin, which was something that wasn't available. So the consultant should ask, what policies are in place to address ivermectin administration? Have you managed this question before? And if so, how was it addressed? Whom in the organization is best suited to educate the patient and or the family on the organization's policy? or existing protocols if they exist. Many times, somebody is reaching out just to confirm their existing thoughts, what they think that they should do or how they should handle a particular issue. And so the consultant can be that second opinion, so to speak, for those real-time issues. This is Sharon, and so I just would like to add a couple of examples. One, I was working with a company that is a non-emergency care transport company. And in interviewing the different staff, it came to be that they really didn't have a safety program. And so I worked with them, listened to them, and helped them write a safety program. And it gave them the framework of what they needed to do to get better results, to decrease falls, people falling from the transportation vehicle. That would be one example. Another example, in a hospital, I had five hospitals in a system that they were having punctures during abdominal surgery, and they were trying to figure out why is this happening. So I observed in several ORs, I watched them, I talked to the different staff, and came to find out what was the problem, and I worked with them and to help them decrease this issue and then they had a good outcome, and the numbers got better. So listening and helping them, like she said, be a coach to help identify what the issue is, because they know in a lot of cases trying to get this fixed is really important. What an important role you played in working on that safety program and the punctures issue as well. So I'm thinking, what are some of the other ways you've achieved value for your clients? Carolyn, let me ask you that. Generally, the consultant contributes value by facilitating the creation of early warning systems. And this can be through the establishment of risk indicators. 
so that the organization can implement necessary measures to timely control or even eliminate risk. So when they establish those key risk indicators and they're prepared to take timely action, it directly results in value in terms of revenue savings or sometimes even revenue generation, claims control, and so on. So even further, the risk consultant can drive value by facilitating risk prioritization. Also, the implementation of cost-effective and efficient measures to control or eliminate risk, and also by coaching the key stakeholders to achieve their stated goals within their organization. Well, thank you for sharing that, Carolyn. And again, it really makes sense when you put it that way to understand the real value that a consultant can bring. And I know there's different styles and different ways of working with people. So, Cindy, what are some examples of consulting styles and what styles have you used? Great question. As you've indicated, there are certainly different styles and people develop their own consulting style. My style as I work with different groups, whether it's an insurance company or I'm contracted individually, is to understand the client's needs and to best represent them in the reports. So what are the risk issues that we're seeing? How are they managing those risks? And as we make recommendations, suggestions, how they can actually put it into play, how it makes a difference in their organization and how it can impact risk. And I find that that adds additional value. Sometimes people don't understand all of the requirements, accreditation, licensure, regulatory agencies. Why are those in place? And so be able to coach and mentor why they're there, why they're a risk, and how these practices that we're suggesting can add value to the organization or reduce risk, reduce time, move your model more proactively, as Carolyn mentioned, is the style that I use. And I found that to be very effective. People like that they're the expert and we're providing them with additional assistance on how they can support their work. Yeah, you use the words coach and mentor. Cindy, is that kind of the best way consultants or generally the way most consultants work with their clients is as a coach and mentor? I would guess so. I know that sometimes depending on who you're working for and the job you're assigned, some Consultants may use more of a surveyor-type style where we're looking for noncompliance. I prefer the collaborative, let's look for best practices where you have best practices and where are there opportunities. Yeah, collaborations are so important. So let's talk about reaching other stakeholders, people that you also have to engage, such as leadership, physicians, the governing board. How do you deal with those stakeholders? Yeah, well, first, it is important that participating leaders understand the purpose of the consultant services. We learn the hard way that assumptions can be made. So it's important for the consultant to control that narrative, either through verbal or written invitations that explain the role of the consultant and the goal of the visit that the services are meant to include all relevant leaders, stakeholders, and it helps the organization achieve its goals. So they have a stake in the game. We know, too, that it can be challenging for C-suite leaders to participate in the process. So a consultant can demonstrate to leaders their stake in the process. So, for example, with one organization, I help them to design their communication and resolution program. And so it was important to present to the board 
what is this and what is it that the organization needs from the board? What are some of those indicators or those success measures for the program? And what questions should the board be asking of leaders of the organization so that they know that the program is working the way as intended through their oversight? So, and we know that the leaders within an organization are best positioned to drive change within that organization. So without active participation by key leaders, stakeholders, physicians, they won't achieve the maximum value for the process. So to clearly communicate that and control the narrative of that is really important for a consultant to do for the organization. This is Cindy, and I totally agree with what Carolyn has said. Bringing information that supports the current strategic, financial, operational, those domains of enterprise risk management to the organization so they can understand the current state of risk, where there's potential risk, how they can prioritize that risk, being a support to the organization. And I, like Carolyn, have worked with boards of directors And what is their role with risk management? Many of them have not had formal risk management training. So to be able to understand what is risk management, what is enterprise risk management, what are the right questions that I should be asking to understand our level of risk in the organization and how we can support that in our decision-making, I think is critical. Absolutely. Well, this has been a great discussion on how you became consultants and how you work with your clients. So I'm just curious, what Ashram resources have you found valuable to support your role as a consultant? Carolyn, let me start with you. Sure. So it does depend on what it is that you would use the resources for. They're all stellar. They've all been developed by seasoned risk managers, risk management professionals, but If I were to choose some of my favorites, I would say that the ERM resources, such as the ERM playbook, they do provide excellent information and tools that can be used to implement ERM and even conduct an enterprise risk assessment. If somebody's looking for specific clinical areas, there are various playbooks, such as OB, physician office, human capital, et cetera, et cetera. These touch on a lot of the areas that Cindy, Sharon, and I have talked about before. Ashram Exchange is another really good one. It's a great way to engage other risk managers to solve complex problems. And these are just a few of my go-to favorites. Yeah, and then Cindy, how about you? Can you talk about the Ashram resources that you have found valuable? Yes. Well, I've attended many conferences over the years, and I find not only the educational materials, but also the opportunity to interact and network with colleagues across the country has been invaluable. As Carolyn mentioned, the playbooks and other resources that are out there, even as a seasoned risk manager consultant, I purchase those books because they add value to my collection that I have. I've also served on a number of committees learning about Ashram's role, but also learning from people across the country. And like Sharon and Carolyn, where all three of us are faculty for Ashram, that's a great opportunity as well to reach out, to share information, but also to learn from all of the participants that are there. Yeah, that continuing education, especially as risk management evolves, is so important. And then, Sharon, let me ask you the same question. What Ashram resources have you found valuable? I've also used the playbooks, depending on what 
customers that I'm working with, and I found them to be very valuable because they are step-by-step. It helps you understand what you need to do to get to the end process. So it's a great resource. Absolutely. Well, Carolyn, Sharon, and Cindy, thank you so much for your time. This has really been a great discussion. Thank you again. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Have a great day, everyone. And once again, that's Cindy Siders, Sharon Grose, and Carolyn Bell. And if you'd like to join as a member of Ashram, go to ashram.org. That's A-S-H-R-M dot org slash membership. And the Ashram podcast was made possible by the American Society for Healthcare Risk Management to support efforts to advance safe and trusted healthcare through enterprise risk management. You can visit ashram.org slash membership to learn more and once again to become an Ashram member. And if you found this podcast helpful, please share it on your social channels and be sure to check out the full podcast library for topics of interest to you. I'm Bill Klaproth. Thanks for listening.